Hi, I'm Toby. And I'm Nick. And we're here bringing you the Pure Property Podcast from Track Capital, where we talk about everything property investment and property related. And our aim of the podcast is to help investors invest in property intelligently. This week, we're going to be talking about the stamp duty holiday, along with the current property market conditions that we find ourselves in, especially in these times of the global pandemic, which is a question we frequently get asked by many of our investors. And I suppose to start things off, quite an interesting time that we find ourselves in, Nick, as as you all will know, by the time this is out, we find ourselves going in to a second lockdown on Thursday. Fun times, hey, Nick? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, to some extent, I think some people may have expected it coming. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the government had us convinced on this regional regional approach, this tiered approach to uh, to the restrictions across the country. So, Whilst we expected um, some form of uh, more intensity, um, I think a national lockdown, not everyone saw. But um, yeah, as long as everyone's sort of safe and well, then we can't complain. But uh, yeah, so today's topic, I think we're more focused on the, um, as you say, the, the stamp duty aspect or SDLT, a form of tax, as many of you will know. So um, yeah, I mean, to kick off then, Toby, should we go into uh, what exactly that is? Well, stamp duty land tax uh, is commonly defined as a tax on land transactions and property purchases. So it is paid on increasing portions of property price. So it's not the easiest to explain because it does come up in increments. So uh, I would assume in the show notes, we will put a link to uh, the government website where you can see the, the increments and uh, the different stamp duty levels just to make it a bit easier. But to break it down for you, when you pay stamp duty land tax, you do pay it in the portions of the property price. So up to 125,000, you pay zero. Between 125 to 250,000, you pay a 2% on that portion. And then the portion between 250 to 925 is 5%. 925 to 1.5 million. On that portion there, you pay 10%. And then if you're lucky enough to be buying for 1.5 million or above, you'll be then paying on that portion 12%. Yeah, and it's um, that's obviously for the residential buyers. And we can't get too drowned in figures. But um, yeah, on the buy-to-let side, up to um, 500k, it's 3%. 500 to 925 is 8%, 925 to 1. 1.5, 13%, and then over 1.5, 15%. So you are getting on the toppy side there. Yeah, definitely. And that's the unfortunate thing about being an investor or buying a second home is that you do, as you just pointed out, pay the extra 3%. So that goes up. But we're not here to be uh, talking too much about that as such. We're here to talk about the stamp duty holiday that the Chancellor introduced early on in the year uh, when we first had the lockdown and he brought that in to help the property market and really to help keep prices propped up and make sure that we didn't experience a crash. As you know when we first went into lockdown uh, different to this time around property agents, estate agents, lesson agents went into lockdown and had to shut as well. That is different this time around. When we go into the second lockdown, the property market remains open. So we shouldn't have the same problem as we did before. 
So the stamp duty holiday effectively means between uh, now and the 31st of March 2021, you will pay zero on property transactions uh, that you do complete on. However, if you are an investor, you do still incur the 3% surcharge that you would have to pay anyway. The only thing you don't pay is the original stamp duty that you would pay if you're a normal homeowner. So if you're a homeowner, now you pay 0% up to 500,000. And if you're an investor, you pay 0% up to 500,000 plus the 3% that you would have paid anyway. Um, so I suppose, Nick, with the stamp duty holiday, that's the definition. But what have you found that it's done for the market so far? Yeah, so I mean, I think firstly, it was a great um, PR initiative by, you know, Richie Sunak and and the government to bring that in. Uh, Overall, it just creates a a bit of a buzz around the housing market, both for um, the residential side, uh, you know, people looking on the secondary market and physically moving house with their families, but also on the investor side as well. And there's obviously a lot of um, uh, speculation and and speaking about it from, from the agents and from the buyers. So, to create a bit of a buzz was uh, was really helpful and it did spur some people uh, to taking action, which is always what we like to see. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to see people waiting, you know, six months and missing out on capital growth, missing out on rental income. It's really important once you find the right deal to, to move forward. And hopefully the stamp duty holiday has ultimately incentivized some people to do that. Yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned it, it brought a little bit of a buzz to the property market. However, I would say it's more more of a boom to the property market, to be fair. I mean, as you know, uh, demand has been through the roof. If you take the um, house price index that came from HomeTrack in September alone, the UK house price growth hit a two and a half year high, which is incredible. So for a period of time where we've got a global pandemic, uh, we are going through tiered lockdowns. We're about to go in lockdown again. People are losing their jobs. The fact that property uh, prices are still rising um, is incredible, to be fair. And I think this comes on to my next point, which is a conversation I've mentioned a few in a few of my weekly newsletters that if you are looking to capitalize on the stamp duty holiday, you need to be buying a property now so you can complete before the 31st of March. And the reason I say that is because with the stamp duty holiday and the demand it's brought to the market, mortgage companies, mortgage brokers, lenders, uh, conveyancers, they're all swamped and inundated with transactions they're trying to process. So anything you go to buy now or in the coming months, you have to remember you're going to be put into a very large pile. So average time frame of a property transaction, realistically, I think you'll be looking three to four months on an average. So what we're seeing at the moment is that is being delayed even more just because solicitors are inundated. As we mentioned, mortgage companies are inundated. So it's slower um, for for them to react and be able to answer queries and do the process that that is needed for a property purchase. So that's why I've been uh, speaking to my investors. And when we're looking at some some resale properties that we have on the market for them, I am sort of advising them, if you want the stamp duty holiday, buy now. Because by the time you uh, come to complete because you have to remember it's on completion 
that you pay the stamp duty. It's not on exchange, which is uh, some things uh, sometimes investors do get confused about. It's on completion. So you can exchange on the 30th of March, but in which a lot of cases you, you can do. If you complete in April, a week later, you then don't get a stamp duty holiday. Yes, I think overall it's just about being a bit more um, being a bit more organised. Um, as you mentioned, average timeframes can take up to three or four months. But if the investors are efficient, if they're using a half decent solicitors, we can get things over the line in, in four to six weeks from reservation. So it's entirely investor dependent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as long as you're you know being efficient with your with your documentation and your, and your responses uh, we can typically move things along quite quickly i think you're right there and you hit the nail on the head you have to be proactive so as long as you've got the time and you've got the energy to be proactive and stay on top of your conveyancer like you mentioned pick a very good conveyancer um, stay on top of your mortgage broker if you're using a mortgage uh, if you're buying through an agent or an agency if they've got a sales progressor work with that sales progressor or whoever is progressing the sale just keep keep staying on top of it keep asking for updates and just try and be proactive in answering questions getting paperwork back and, and that is the main thing but that said it's been very interesting that a lot of the industry is actually calling out for the chancellor to review the stamp duty holiday because what they're worried about is come 31st of march the deadline's going to hit and then literally it'll be like property transactions fall off a cliff and just stop now i don't really see that being the case but i can see where the concern is so they are calling for an extension or a phase out of the stamp duty holiday just to try and stop that. Because if you think, um, I think it was uh, quoted around 350,000 transactions could potentially be jeopardized. Because if you look from a, a seller's point of view and a buyer's point of view, what could be at stake? If a buyer can't exchange and complete before the stamp duty deadline, that might be a portion of the money that they were hoping to, to help I don't know, do up a property or they needed for the for the transaction. If that doesn't happen, then they might pull out. So if they pull out, then the seller loses a buyer. Uh, there could be a chain involved. So up and down the chain, that's effective. So the amount of transactions this could affect if they don't bring something in to help ease it, um, I think it would be silly for them not to consider. So going forward, who knows? We haven't got a crystal ball, but they, they might look to extend that if 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 needed. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, people, whatever financial incentives there are from the government, as we've seen with furlough, the stamp duty holiday, etc., people are always going to ask for more. Yeah. I do ultimately think there will be a, a softening of the market come the end of uh, March 2021. Um, I don't think it's obviously going to stop, uh, stop dead. Obviously, people still need to move. Um, so yeah, I think uh, overall is that we will see a slight softening of the market, but that's only only sort of to be expected. And I think the other thing we need to put into context as well is when you're a buy to let investor, um, the actual financial difference from the financial uh, from the stamp duty holiday in compared to the normal stamp duty rates at a lower level yeah. is typically not actually a huge difference. So if you're buying a half a million pound property, the most you can save with a stamp duty holiday is £15,000. But if you take, um, you know, some of our typical properties across Liverpool, Manchester, if we look at a £175,000 example, if the property completes before the 31st of March next year, then the stamp duty rate would be the 3%, so £5,250. But if it completes after that period, 
it does go up. It is 3.6% as an average rate. So it works out at £6,250. Mm. Uh, but the point is, it's not, you know, you're talking about a, a grand difference. And judging by the media headlines and the buzz in the market, you'd think it was, you know, a life-changing amount of money. So, um, yeah, I would say, obviously, we are going to see that softening of the market come April next year. Um, but in reality, you know, have a think about it, look at the numbers and the data and see, is it really going to affect you that much if you complete before or after? Yeah, I mean, just quickly on that point, like you mentioned, the market will soften. And I think when we say softened, it, the property price growth probably won't be as aggressive, but I think it's still going to be there because even with a few people leaving the market because they can't get a stamp duty holiday, the the, the demand's still going to be massively outweighing the supply. So I suppose on that point, probably would be wise to talk about what is the current market conditions we're in Nick because again this is a, a question we get a lot of um, so from your point of view um, what, how are you finding the current market conditions? Yeah well as we say we've seen we're seeing the demand currently we're obviously heavily um, investor focused so we're seeing the the demand from investors um, what I would say is when we're looking at and we're analysing um, the market, we're looking at sort of media headlines a lot of the time. We're looking at more um, data-focused organisations such as Savills, Knight Frank, Home Track. You know, what are the experts saying on the market? What's their data, their evidence? What's that indicating? That's the real, um, you know, uh, evidence that should be used to, to form our decisions. So overall, um, you know, if you read the media headlines, there's, uh, nearly every other day there's going to be a 10% drop or a 10% increase. So what I would say is um, look at the UK in segments as well. We don't want to be just taking the whole, every city across the country as a um, a figure to go by or, or something to base our decisions on. So when we look at places like the Northwest, uh, places um, like Manchester, Liverpool, Leeds, and if you come down a touch to Nottingham, based on the latest data, I think you mentioned Home Track earlier, Toby, but this is a company... Yeah. Um, owned by the Zoopla Group. Now, these cities are still growing at between 4 and 5% per annum based on the latest data. So that goes to show you that uh, there is still significant capital growth to be made, even in the current conditions. Now, what brings that um, the average UK house price growth figure down slightly is other areas of the country that are less uh, well-performing. So London is, is, is quite stagnant at the moment, so that's growing at a couple of percentage. But then you look at other places, uh, so Oxford, Cambridge, you know, 0.9, 1.5% growth per annum. So there's different areas of the country which are bringing the overall that values down. However, if you look at the best performing, you know, the tier one investment locations in the UK, in the Northwest, they're performing exceptionally well. And ultimately, that's that's where we're seeing the demand come from. Yeah, no, excellent points there. And I think um, a report that I came across quite recently, and I think we've mentioned in some of the figures we've been sending out to investors, if you take Savile's forecast, for example, so they're now forecasting, obviously with the data they had through through lockdown and how the market's been, uh, they are looking at a, a five-year forecast of for the UK, house price growth to be 20.4% which obviously is incredible. And again, like you mentioned with the home track, that's brought down slightly to other areas of the UK. So if we take the the, the North West, for example, in England, that is what they're predicting to be the better performer at 27.3%. And even London, 
they've got at 12.7% forecast growth over the next five years, which if you think that's, that's incredible growth, if you've got a property at the property prices in London for how the market is at the moment, I think that's that's pretty good going. However, the front runner there definitely from my point of view would be the Northwest. Uh, and it's, again, a reason why we are seeing a massive demand from investors buying there at the moment because the entry level prices are low. The returns are good and the potential future returns, not just in yield, but in capital growth is exceptional, which I think um, is reason why they, they present an excellent investment case, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, so there's a couple of other things that I'd add to that. So firstly, these um these 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 sources of data and generally when you're when you're talking about the markets, people tend to group new build and off plan investments together with the secondary market. So what you'll tend to find is the secondary market, i.e., you know, direct vendors and individuals selling their properties tends to be a lot more uh, volatile and and subject to these market conditions mm-hmm. so you know with things like um, the furlough uh, jo- people a lot of people being laid off yes there are people out there that, w- that are dropping their property values and there is opportunity to pick up really really well priced property on the secondary market however developers especially cash rich developers of, of a medium to large size it's it's unlikely well i know for a fact that they just don't drop their prices that easily it would be fantastic for us if if they would yeah. um, but what you tend to find is even in the last lockdown i think there was one developer that i saw that actually reduced their pricing these developers if they've got multiple sites going on if they've got funds they've already had sales prior to this on the project you know, they're not desperate. They're not going to suddenly drop all their prices and then, you know, hope uh, just to rush more sales in and then hope for the best. They're, they're more long-term focused. They're looking at the overall result, the overall gross development value of a project and, and ultimately their, their bottom line. So the only thing I'd add is, yes, it's important to consider the market conditions. And yes, you may be able to snap up some opportunities on the secondary market. However, if you're an investor sitting there now, you're looking at these uh, prime apartments in the city centres. Uh, I wouldn't expect or I wouldn't wait to try and get the bottom of the market or for the developers to drop their prices 20% because it's very unlikely that will happen. However, what we can do uh, as a company is, is act and, and negotiate on your behalf. And we can try and squeeze you know, more incentives from these developers get get a bit more out of the out of the deal um that that's our job and that's how we help investors um so there is opportunity out there um but it's not something that's going to cause um you know huge significant drops in property values anytime soon on the on the new build market in my opinion definitely and on on that point i had investors when we first went into lockdown saying they were going to wait to see what happened because they predicted property prices to drop and they wanted to pick up a bargain I was telling them at the time, I don't foresee that happening because the fundamentals of the property market were still strong, meaning prices would hold out, if not increase. And lo and behold, back in March, the average house price increase, I would say, in popular and well-performing areas was anywhere between 2 to 4%. So they've potentially missed out on growth so again it just it just comes to the point of you shouldn't always sit in your hands and I always tell investors the best time to invest was yesterday. But I think overall, uh, the main thing we can conclude on and agree on, Nick, is the market at the moment is very buoyant, very strong and very stable. And it's only going up from here in the the near future. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I think uh, providing you're getting the right deal in in the right location. Again, we've just got to make sure we're we're segmenting the cities and and differentiating them. Because if you're buying a city in the in the southwest in the middle of nowhere where there's limited demand, then you're probably not going to see huge capital growth. Um, but yeah, looking at the current data, um, places as we mentioned in the, in the northwest can represent a, a fantastic um, opportunity. Definitely, and. Coming on to our next point, which I suppose we're going to have to bring up is, so obviously we're going into lockdown on Thursday. Um, We would have already been in it by the time this comes out. And I think the question that will be on a lot of people's minds when coming and talking about the property market is, well, what's this going to do to the property market? Now, Nick, as you know, what we've seen and what we're being told is the property market is still open for business. So from our point of view, Nothing's going to change. Yeah, it shouldn't be um, too much disruption for us, luckily, you know, and we're in a very fortunate industry and in a position to be able to say that because I appreciate, you know, a lot of businesses will be affected. But I think the main uh, driving one for us was the the fact that construction sites can, can continue yep. and, and they can crack on, obviously, you know, considering COVID uh, restrictions and, and following the right regulation. But that's a big one. And I think the government recognised that, you know, they need the, the, the continued for the, for the jobs, uh, obviously, to keep uh, the local economies going, etc. So that's that was really positive and something that will fill our investors with confidence, you know, because if a lot of people are purchasing off plan, etc., uh, they want to know that their uh, their property developments is progressing. So that was the big one for me. And then obviously on this on, on off the back of that, uh, property firms themselves are allowed to uh, allowed to remain open, right? Yeah, they are. Unfortunately, uh, if most of them will be working from home. So that means I am stuck at home with uh, my lovely (laughs) wife uh, and my kids. So I'm really looking forward to that, Nick. Um, Of course, as soon as we can get back into the office, I I pray and hope we can get back as soon as possible. Not not because I'm not going to enjoy that time. Oh, it'll be magical, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) I'll just miss the office and, and you so much, Nick. That's why. Definitely. Well, I can't blame you. And you're going to be sat at home in your pajamas otherwise eating pizza. <laughs> so, um, yeah, hopefully it won't last too long. Definitely, definitely. Um, well, look, I think that's all we have got time for this week and all we're going to cover. Uh, we will be coming to you next week with our top three locations to invest currently. So we're going to look, be looking at uh, mine and Nick's favorite top three locations to invest currently. Um, and Nick, I'm sure you're looking forward to that one. Yeah, no, that should be good. Uh, something that we're always, always discussing normally on the first call with investors. You know, it's something that drives a lot of people's searches, i.e., you know, looking at Manchester or looking at Liverpool, looking at London. You know, at the end of the day, the, the UK has a housing target at the moment of 300,000 homes to build a year. So there is development opportunities in, in lots of different cities. And the government, you know, Robert, Robert Jenrick has shown that uh, that's still very much a focus. So we are going to continue to see building developments available and with that comes opportunity for investors so yeah next week we'll go over um, you know a few locations that me and toby i think will be where we would put our money or where we are putting our money and um, yeah how you can benefit from that too excellent so next week top three locations we look forward to you listening to us then that's toby and nick from the pure property podcast and we'll see you next time thanks guys see you soon